welcome everybody to the 2012 redraft episode here on Radio DePaul Sports Podcast Edition, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. As always, my name is Jacob Robinson. I am joined alongside man of many talents, Jacoby Hardy. Jacoby, not even a winter storm, uh, snowstorm can stop me and you. Facts, man. You know, we, we out here grinding, got to get it done. I don't know if I'm a man of many talents, but I am a man of the NFL. And, you, and I'm a man of redrafts as well. So the 2012 redraft in this edition, is there any uh, any thoughts as you're looking over this class as you were doing your redraft over, over the past week or so? Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, me and you talked about it off camera, but uh, this is one of the better linebacker draft classes we don't had in a while. Are there any names that pop out when it comes to the linebackers in this draft? A few names such as uh, Luke Tiki, Bobby Wagner, and a few others, but uh, I don't want to go too detailed yet, but those are two big names that popped out for me. There was the disrespect for Donta Hightower, but you know what? I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look past it. So, okay. I know going into the 2012 draft, the top four picks were really interesting, especially because there were a lot of quarterbacks. This is a quarterback uh, heavy class. You have guys like Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, Robert Griffin the third. About eight or so seasons later, how does this? How do these quarterbacks kind of fare, uh, knowing what we know now about them? Yeah, one more time. What are like some of these quarterbacks in the draft? Like, how mm-hmm. good is obviously it was hyped up as a good quarterback yeah. draft coming into it eight years later? Is that is is it a cold take or is it still a relatively uh, no, class? Well, you got you got Russell Wilson, who's a Super Bowl champion. Uh, Andrew Luck, if it wasn't for you know the coach not giving him any protection, he'll probably still be in the league and one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And then you also have uh, Kirk Cousins, who's in this draft, who is he's he's not the best quarterback, but he's he's pretty solid. Um, those are the three names that popped out to me. Uh, overall, the quarterbacks were, I mean, they they were okay besides those top three, but um, no, nah, I wouldn't say it was underwhelming. Well, let's get to it then. So, the number one team on the board, the Indianapolis Colts. Colts, Jacoby. I'll let you go first for your Indianapolis Colts, since you know your team. I gotta get you. Uh, I gotta let you get the number one pick. All right, say less. Uh, I'm going to start it off. We originally drafted Andrew Luck, and I'm keeping it that way. We're taking Andrew Luck again. Uh, my, one of my, well, actually, my favorite player of all time. So, you know, I had to, you know, there's a little bias there. I had to take Andrew Luck again. Like I said, uh, you know, without hindsight being 2020, if we get him some protection and some weapons, uh, he's still in the league today, in my opinion. So, uh, he was a great quarterback, uh, you know, made a couple of pro bowls in his career. And he he could have he could have went to a Super Bowl in my opinion, like I said, if we got him some help. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna stick with uh, Andrew Luck here, and you know have a nice relief to losing Peyton Manning. So in your mind, it's not really about this draft in particular for the Colts. It's more so giving Luck proper weapons in later drafts. Like you wouldn't, you know, you would redo the Philip Dorsett pick. A yep. couple years later, you would redo, you know, a couple picks here and there, and try mm-hmm. to give Luck all the weapons he can. So yeah. you had Andrew Luck. I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. I'm just going to play contrarian. I do like the Andrew Luck pick for Indianapolis, but if you break it down, Russ is an eight-time pro bowler. He's one of the best dual threat quarterbacks of all time. He's not thought of as one of the best uh, dual threat quarterbacks because you think of guys like a Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton, Michael Vick, but Russell Wilson, when it, when it, when it can happen, it's a pretty sight. He is a good runner. Um, 
And so there's no doubting his excellence as the best quarterback in this draft class. And even though luck is the right fit for Indy, Russell Wilson is in my mind, the better quarterback um, in this class. So I'm going to go with Russ at number one. Um, number two, the Washington Redskins. So they originally had Robert Griffin, the third out of Baylor. Um, and while RG three burst onto the scene in a great way. He run he won the offensive rookie of the year in 2012, as well as being a pro bowler that year. Injuries derailed his career. Andrew Luck is simply better. So I'm going to take him at number two. Um, there's no doubting Luck's greatness. So my hope is he can kind of avoid some of those injuries on that FedEx field turf that kind of was the downfall of RG3, so to speak. Yeah, for um for the Redskins, uh, well, I have them taking Russell Wilson, of course, of uh, Obviously, Andrew Luck and Russell Wilson, top two quarterbacks in this draft, and the Redskins was definitely needing the quarterback. Um, like you said, Russell Wilson is one of the best dual threat quarterbacks of all time. And with, with him being, you know, well, he was a third-round pick, I would say. He was third-round, right? Yeah, he was a third-round pick. Yeah, with him being a third-round pick in real life, he definitely outperformed his draft value. So if you if you come to the Redskins, uh, uh, one of the, honestly, bottom-barrel, franchises in the league maybe he could turn that thing around over there hopefully like you said the, the FedEx field doesn't get to him but I really like uh, Russell Wilson here uh, as in my opinion the second best quarterback in the draft those the 2012 it's funny that you brought that up 2012 Washington Redskins weren't as bad as like the Redskins last year or the year before um, we saw what RG3 did for Washington that first year remember they made the playoffs ended up losing to Seattle mm-hmm. when Seattle went on um you know, to kind of start their run. But if RG3 gets them into the playoffs, so can Russell Wilson. Exactly. And Russell Wilson can honestly get them into – you think about how good their defenses have been in years past. If you have Russell Wilson at the quarterback, yeah, that that could be a Seattle team or, a, you know, a Seattle type of team. Um, number three, Cleveland Browns. Every draft, me and you are going to love the opportunity to repick that number three pick. They originally took Trent Richardson. He ended up getting traded to Indianapolis. I, didn't he have like one solid year in Indianapolis and then flamed out the rest of the, the rest of his yeah. career? Yeah, that, that's correct. Because I remember correct. he did have one solid season, um, but that was, I want to say it was like 2013 or 2014. Um, if I'm going to take RG3 here at number three. Um, if you give the Browns 2012 Robert Griffin the third, I think great things happen. Um, and by taking him out of Washington and putting him in Cleveland, there is no doubt what he's going to be able to do. Um, and that is taking the Browns to, you know, unbelievable heights. I think he is a franchise savior, kind of like in the way Baker Mayfield has been for the Browns. I think they get that with RG3. Plus, you take him out of Washington, give him that heck of a rookie year without that FedEx field turf. And I think Cleveland is on the up and up for the next couple of years. Wow, that's actually very interesting. You have RG3 going there. Uh, not a bad pick, but I'm going to go on the other side of the ball, and I'm going to get them one of the better pass rushers in the league today. I'm going to go ahead and give them Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox, as you know, plays for the Eagles, and honestly, it's probably top three, top five defensive linemen, or at least interior defensive linemen in the league right now. Um, I think if you pair him up on that uh, defense with a young Joe Hayden, who was 23 at the time, who is – was in his prime one of the better corners in the league. And you had a, a, a prime TJ Ward and the young Jabal Sheard. That's that's looking pretty scary for the future. I know the quarterback was a big issue for the Browns as they had Brandon Wheaton as they started that year. But I think if you get on Fletcher Cox and solidify that front 
uh, in on the uh, defensive side of the ball, uh, they'll be looking pretty good. Question for you. How come your your first defensive end off the board is the second best defensive end in the in the class? Why wouldn't it be the first be- defensive end in the draft? Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm, I'm interested. I, there's actually, no, actually, there's no shot. Actually, I think I know who you're talking about, but uh, – There's no shot. Fletcher Cox is better than Chandler Jones. Look. Hey, I there's got a no for, shot. Fletcher I, I Cox got, is better than Chandler Jones. I, I got a better fit for Chandler Jones. Don't worry about it. Uh, well, uh, I, I hope it's sometime soon because the difference in Chandler Jones versus Fletcher Cox, the more Chandler Jones has to wait, that's just devastating. I'm trying to even, like, bring up – Fletcher Cox's stats. He's not even. I mean, he has more Pro Bowls, but that's about it. Don't disrespect uh, Fletcher Cox like that. Fletcher Cox has 54 and a half career stacks compared to Chandler Jones' 97. But, you know, is what it be. Um, Sounds like that Patriots fan coming out. (laughs) Number one, you take Fletcher Cox, I'll have. Chandler Jones all day long. I'll be happy with my pick. Um, Minnesota Vikings at number four. Um, For me, this is the biggest gamble of the draft. You're probably going to disagree with this pick, but Matt Khalil is a great pick. He was a pro bowler in his rookie season, but the 2012 Vikings, they had Christian Ponder and Joe Webb, and we know how great those two turned out. They didn't really have a really decent quarterback until Case Keenum. So I'm going to take a risk here, and I'm going to draft Kirk Cousins at number four. Um, Cousins is a two-time pro bowler. And overall, regardless of like the stats and accolades, he's a playoff winning quarterback. And that's what the Vikings needed in 2012. Because if you think about it, their defense in 2012 isn't really that far removed from their 2008 and 2009 teams when they had Brett Favre at the helm, you know, going to the NFC Championship game, probably should have went to the Super Bowl. Um, Giving Kirk Cousins that Vikings defense in 2012 makes them a team capable of going to the divisional or really capable of going to the NFC Championship. Um, And it's something that you're not going to get out of Joe Webb or Ponder as much as this podcast loves and admires Christian Ponder. Yes, as much as the Minnesota Vikings need a quarterback here, uh, I felt right uh, going on the defensive side of the ball again. Uh, It's a lot of older people in their defense. There's only like one or two players that are like 25 or younger. So I'm going to give them an injection of youth. I'm going to give them Luke Keekley right here. Uh, You could argue that Bobby Wagner is arguably better, but I think, I mean, Either pick right here is is not bad for either Bobby Wright or Luke Keekley. I'm going to just decide to go to Luke Keekley and pair him up with Jared Allen, who was probably their best defensive starter um, that year at least. So, um, and so yeah, so I'm, I'm going to give them Luke Keekley. Um, get some injection of youth for that defense. Defense was older. Uh, and we'll worry about that quarterback situation a little bit later. Yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. And if I wasn't going Kirk Cousins, I probably would have went Keekley as well. Um, at number five, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Justin Blackman became one of the worst top five picks, not only in Jaguars history, but also in the history of the NFL. Um, the Jaguars need help. And the 2012 Jaguars are disgusting. Like they need help in just about every category. So I always do the, you know, the Jacob Robinson strategy of if every group more or less needs help on your team, let's address the offensive line first. So I'm going to go David DeCastro. Um, out of Stanford, six-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. He becomes one of, if not the best offensive lineman in Jaguars history, and I think it's relatively easy there. 
Yeah, for uh, I'm gonna stay on the defensive side of the ball here, man. Looking at their roster, it's it's nobody that really pops out to me, man. Uh, other than maybe Paul Puslusty, but he was more of a Jaguars uh, legend than anything. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and give him your boy, man. I'm gonna give him Chandler Jones. Uh, Chandler Jones, like you said, has had a great career so far. At least he still, went fifth. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah, he's still he's one of the better, obviously one of the better edge rushers in the league. So uh I'm definitely gonna give the Jaguars uh Chandler Jones and they still need a lot of help, not not just on the defensive side of the ball, but the offensive side of the ball as well, as they're lacking a lot of talent on this team. Speaking of Chandler Jones, that's my pick at number six for the Dallas Cowboys. Wait, wait, wait. So you get on me about Chandler Jones not uh not going to number three, but he's your number six pick. But he's at least my first defensive player off the board. That's fair. That's or fair. like at least my first de- – he's my first defensive end off the board. That's um, Morris Claiborne has never really been anything other than a healthy role player. Um, and he's never cost any teams any games, but he certainly hasn't won any games for them either. Um, to me, the best defensive end in this draft is Chandler Jones. And the Cowboys don't need any linebackers in 2012, so that's one of the reasons why I didn't go Keekly or Donta Hightower. Um, they still have Sean Lee, Bruce Carter, Anthony Spencer, and Demarcus Ware. So Chandler Jones is as great as it gets when it comes to kind of like elite defensive players. Um, led the lead in sacks in 2017, three-time Pro Bowler. Um, collection of rings himself from his days with the New England Patriots. Um, and he's definitely one of the pieces of kind of like the past Patriot teams that I really miss. Um, and Dallas, you know, at number six here, they'll, they'll take Chandler Jones, especially over Claiborne. Yeah, man. Uh, when I was doing this pick, I was drilling over this pick because looking at the Dallas Cowboys offense that year, you had an older Tony Romo, yes, but you had a prime DeMarco Murray and a prime Des Bryant on that offense. There, prime, there was- prime DeMarco Murray means like, two or three seasons at best, but he was uh, a dog for like those two no, seasons. No, 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 we're not doing no uh, DeMarco Murray <laughs> on this podcast, not today. So uh, anyway, yeah, with their offense being being set up for the next couple of years, I'm going to go on defense side of the ball. They had some great linebackers there and decent pass rush. So I'm going to try to lock up that uh, back end and solidify it. I'm going Stefan Gilmore here, man. Stefan Gilmore, he had a slow start to his career, but has picked up in the later years of his career and is considered arguably, well, pretty much top two corner in the league. You could argue him or Jalen Ramsey right now. So uh, I'm going to give him Stefan Gilmore, uh, one of the better corners in the league today, and help solidify that defense to go along with that great offense. And the Cowboys are looking very scary. In your mind, who is the better defensive back between Gilmore and Jalen Ramsey? I think Jalen Ramsey is the best cornerback in the league. Yeah, that's right. I, I think I think and you can you can get critical and, and look at other players, but I think Jalen Ramsey is like top three uh best tackling corners in the league. And I you already know his uh, ball hawk skills. Best corners in the league got top three gotta be Ramsey Gilmore is and is it Jair or are you saying it's probably yeah, Xavier? This, yeah, especially after this year, you gotta go Jair. He's a baller. Um, speaking of Stefan Gilmore, you're just stealing my picks out here. That's my number uh, seven pick for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, they originally took their safety Mark Barron out of Alabama, but I'm gonna take the cornerback out of South Carolina on this one. Um, upgrade as you know, in, in the purest of sense. If I told Buccaneer fans that. I 
take Mark Barron and give them Stefan Gilmore. No one in their right mind would turn that down. He's a 2019 depoy. Um, that secondary is getting a little bit older because of Rondé Barber, and they're addressing the same position, which seems time and time again that they always need help with. It's kind of like the Bucks in secondary. Um, that's basically when they're going to win a Super Bowl versus you know a six and ten season. Um, so I'm going to take that safety help, upgrade the cornerback position, and give them Gilmore at seven. As Tyreek Hill once said on the Bucks field, help is on the way. Bucks fans, it's time for a perimeter all-star and superstar coming to your team. I'm giving you Bobby Wagner. And I know you Bucks fans would love if you could redo this draft and take Bobby Wagner. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, y'all end up getting Levante David later. But you get Bobby Wagner, one of the – well, top – well, I'll say top three a linebacker in the league right now on a defense that has obviously come up a long way since then. I Y'all will be in a prime position to keep going to championships, and I know y'all need that, especially with y'all being a poverty franchise. Now I'm just playing. Uh, so, yeah, I have Bobby Wagner going here. Like I said, he's one of the better linebackers in the league right now. And him at seven, I think that's – I think the Bucks would be drooling if they had redid this draft and had Bobby Wagner at seven. At number eight for the Miami Dolphins, their original pick was Ryan Tannehill. Um, and I like I like Tannehill as a quarterback. I think he's doing fantastic things in Tennessee. But we know that he did basically one season of good football in however many years he was down in Miami. Um, they need all the offensive help they can get in 2012. I'm going to roll the dice and not give them Tannehill again. I'm just going to give them offensive help. And this guy... Any other franchise, he would be like a wide receiver three or four. But for some reason, since he was on the Colts, he's basically Jerry Rice. Um, I'm going to give them T.Y. Hilton at number eight. Um, Hilton helps the receiving core in more ways than Ryan Tannehill would have helped the Dolphins. That's just the bottom line. And, you know, they get basically the second coming to Jerry Rice. Am I right, Kobe? Yeah, man, second coming to Jerry Rice, that's really an understatement, honestly. You disrespect the T.Y. Rice, you compare him to Jerry Rice. But, no, nah, uh, that, that's a great pick there. Uh, uh, I'm going to stay on the uh, offensive side of the ball as well. Um, they, Like you said, they drafted uh, Ryan Taylor Hill originally. Uh, I'm going to stay at that position. I'm going to go ahead and get him Kirk Cousins. Uh, Kirk Cousins, man, ah, where do I start? You like that? Uh, nah, uh he, he, he was a pretty solid quarterback with Washington. Uh, and, you know, I think he gets a bad rep with Minnesota right now. Um, you know. I you agree with me about the Cousins? What happened? Like, you agree with me about Cousins in Minnesota? Because I've all, everybody drags him. But I'm always the one who's like, well, he's not that bad. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes. Uh, with Minnesota, bro, I, I honestly have defended Kirk Cousins a lot of times. And I'm not even, like, a huge Kirk Cousins fan. But, yeah, man, they, they drag his name bad and I can understand a little bit because of you know his big contract he signed with them and you know they should have had better years but Cousins is not the worst quarterback in the league by far so uh yeah I got the Dolphins taking Kirk Cousins here uh like I said we originally went Ryan Tannehill so we're gonna keep it on the same uh same position and just get them the better player here at number nine we have the Carolina Panthers Luke Keekley out of Boston College at the linebacker position was a generational talent in the NFL. And he should have gone earlier in this draft, if you think about it, because 
I'm going to sit here and say he's the best football player in this draft. Um, but just because most teams, the, you know, before the Panthers already had the linebacker position filled up and plus teams need a quarterback desperately, he wasn't able to go before eight. But I have to keep him at this pick for the Panthers, especially because he was the anchor of that defense, um, the leader of that defense for so many years. And he is it's, it's funny because our generation in the NFL um, had a lot of defensive players and linebackers retire young and retire a little bit before their prime was expired, uh, Keekly being one of them. So I have to keep him at number nine here. Yeah, that's a great pick. Uh, I definitely like that pick. And one thing that no- – something I noticed about the uh, 2012 Panthers, they definitely tried to solidify their defense by drafting Keekly and then later getting Josh Norman. So I'm going to stay on that same side of the ball. And I'm probably, I'm going to get them the second best edge rusher in the draft, and that's Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram here, you pair him up with a young Greg Hardy. Yes, Greg Hardy has, has his flaws outside of the football field, but Greg Hardy at one point was a very solid football player. And um, you had Thomas Davis, who was a, a, a well-known veteran and very reliable. I think he's going somewhere. So it's all, like I said, I'm a huge fan of – you know, building up the fronts on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. So I'm going to give him Melvin Ingram here. Yeah, that's a good pick. It's funny. Melvin Ingram doesn't hit my draft board until number 18. Um, wow. So it's actually pretty funny how, I mean, you both ranked him in terms of, you know, defensive presence. But Ingram, I do agree with you. Ingram is one of the best defensive players in this draft. Um, and this linebacker class is as stacked as it gets. At number 10 for the Buffalo Bills, they originally picked Stefan Gilmore. He's gone um, three picks earlier in my draft. I had him going number seven to the Buccaneers. So at number 10, I'm going to give the Bills Dante Hightower. I cannot rename you any good Bills linebackers, probably since Cornelius Bennett in the 90s. Um, Dante Hightower makes this defense, probably gets them – more of on or gets them on more of an elite level than in years past. Um, you think about how good the Bills defense has been. It's normally been because of the secondary or because of the front four or five. Um, they need that help over the middle and dots a high tower. I just can't rave enough about he's such a smart player and has been for the Pats um, for a while now. So Bills fans would be more than thrilled to take him at number 10. All right. Yeah. So I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm going to go similar to their original pick. They took Stefan Gilmore. I'm going to go Casey Hayward here. Uh, yeah, they definitely was lacking secondary uh, help. They uh, The best part of their defense is definitely their defensive line with a uh, prime Mario Williams, a young Marcel Darius, and a uh, uh, older Kyle Williams. So I'm going to uh, help them out with on the back end and get them Casey Hayward. Casey Hayward has definitely made a great career, especially with the Chargers. He's one of the better cornerbacks in the league even to this day, honestly. So uh, I'm going to give him a young Casey Hayward and and try to lock up that back end for them. For the Kansas City Chiefs at number 11, I don't hate the Don Terry uh, Poe pick. I know his highlight reel was basically throwing that touchdown on that one Sunday night game. And he was, correct me if I'm wrong, a two or three time pro bowler. Um, But he was never like an eye-popping player and kind of really had like that, one to two seasons of really like being a great defensive end, but was never like an elite one, or at least like the best in their class. I think it's more of a value pick here at 11 going, uh, 
you're gonna have to help me with, with the pronunciation. It's the guard from the Raiders. It's the Kelichi Osemele guy. Osemele. Um, yeah. Like yeah. yeah, I'm going to take assembly here at number 11. Him and DeCastro are the two best guards in this draft, and there's more value in the offensive line being upgraded than there is retaining the Don Terry Poe pick, um, especially because it's not like Poe had any impact on the Chiefs making it to the AFC title game or the Super Bowls um, in years past. So I'm going to take assembly here at 11. All right, it's not a bad pick. Uh, looking at the Chiefs roster, one of the first things that pops out to me is the, the lack of talent. Not, I wouldn't say talent because they have a couple people on office, but they definitely need more talent on their office. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to shy away from, from the office for now, and I'm going to just go ahead and add to that stack defense they had. Uh, I, I am a true believer that defense win championships, and they had notable names such as a young Justin Houston, uh, they had um, Tampa Ali uh, and a uh, young Eric Berry. So uh, to help out on that back end, I'm going to give them Josh Norman. And yes, Josh Norman may get a bad rap now because he gets stiff armed by Derrick Henry or, you know, his his uh, time with the Redskins wasn't the greatest. But let's not remember when, when he popped off with the Panthers. He was honestly, at least that year, he was considered a top 10 corner. And he, I think in the right system, especially with the Chiefs, uh, who eventually get uh, Andy Reid, that he, I think his career could could be a lot different. And you never know, he could still be one of the better cornerbacks in the league to this day. So, yeah, I'm going to give the Chiefs uh, Josh Norman here. That's another guy that I did not have until kind of like the bottom half of the draft. Um, but I do like the Norman pick. I think he's you know, a top player in this draft. Um, so our pick for number, not, not our pick, my pick for number 12 for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, we were talking about him earlier. They originally took Fletcher Cox out of Mississippi state. And that's who I'm going to keep here at 12 uh, perfect fit for Philadelphia. And, and when you have a perfect fit for a team, you have to take that perfect fit you know, 10 times out of 10. And that's how it is here with the Eagles. Um, They needed him up front on the defensive side of things, especially because they were still relatively dynamic on the offensive, um, on the offensive side. I want to say this was like one of the last years of Michael Vick, but they were still a productive franchise, especially with guys like Deshaun Jackson and LaShawn McCoy. Fletcher Cox helps out the defense here at 12. Um, It's a no brainer pick for me here. Yeah, you're definitely right. Uh, and if I had Fletcher Cox still on my draft floor, he'll be going here again. But uh, so with that being said, I just have to take the best interior D lineman left on the board, in my opinion. And I'm going to Keem Hicks here. Uh, Keem Hicks has had a great career. Uh, he's one of the uh, better defensive linemen in the game. And I think he plays for the Bears, right? Um, so he he's still, he's still in the league producing. And like you said, uh, it's a no-brainer pick with the Fletcher Cox pick. So like I said, he's not on my board. I'm going to Keem Hicks and giving them the best player on the board. There was a lot of defensive ends. It's It, it really just depended on where you ranked and how you valued certain defensive mm-hmm. ends over another over each other. Um, like you said, Akeem Hicks, it's basically between like him and like who you value more. So it's interesting that that's your uh, like third or fourth guy um, as opposed to who like my third or fourth guy is. Um, for the Arizona Cardinals at number 13, their original pick was Michael Floyd, the wideout from Notre Dame. And it was a good pick. He was a solid wide receiver two, wide receiver three for some of those Cardinals years. But I'm going to give them Ryan Tannehill. Um, I'm going to roll the dice on 
yes, I know that they're going to have Carson Palmer on the way and either like the next year or the year after, but they still have like Ryan uh, Lindley and Drew Stanton. Um, and they definitely need a go-to quarterback, especially because they're just wasting the years of Larry Fitzgerald at this point. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to take my shot. I'm going to take my risk and I'm going to give them Ryan Tannehill and hope that things click on offense with, uh, you know, some of those wideouts like a Larry Fitzgerald um, and some of those running back pieces, like they still might've had like Andre Ellington. I know David Johnson's on the way in a couple of years, but if they have a, a solid cornerstone, like a Ryan Tannehill, I think that helps out things tremendously in the desert for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, that's uh, actually a pretty good pick. Uh, looking at the Cardinals roster, they need help in a lot of places, honestly. So, uh, so right, right here is one of the one of those picks where honestly I took one of the, the better players left on the board, and I'm giving them Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith uh, is honestly a top three safety in the league right now, and if you pair him up with Patrick Peterson, who was I think that was going into his second year. No, no wonder what they could do with with Harrison Smith and Patrick Peterson for the next five to seven years in that office. And then, not to mention, they had a prime Calais Campbell, who was one of the better defensive rushers in the league at the time, and still is, honestly. So, uh, yeah, give me a trio of Calais Campbell, Patrick Peterson, and Harrison Smith all day, and I'm taking that on my defense. and And they could do, they could build off of that and work on the offense a little bit later. Yeah, that's a good pick. I agree with you. I mean, any chance you have to kind of bolster up that defense, you're going to take it. Um, At number 14 for the St. Louis Rams, it's funny when you think of uh, their original pick, they took Michael Brockers out of LSU. Michael Brockers is probably one of, if not the best defensive end in the NFL that has never been a first team or a second team all pro, never made a pro bowler, wasn't an, on an all rookie team or anything like that. He has no accolades to his name, but he's still a nine year starter um, or going into his ninth season next year um, in the NFL. And he's still a reliable player for the Rams, especially kind of being a good uh, backup option to Aaron Donald. Um, But I'm going to give them Bobby Wagner. He's just a heck of a talent, uh, one of the best linebackers in this draft. And putting Wagner on that Rams defense um, bolsters that linebacker core that really didn't have any like go-to guys uh, around, you know, those Jeff Fisher years. But Bobby Wagner turns this defense into a top 10 defense, if not top five. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Uh, Bobby Wagner on this Rams defense would be great, especially knowing what we know now that two years later they will eventually take Aaron Donald, the best pass rusher in the league right now. Uh, so I'm going to stay on the defensive side of the ball, and I'm going to stay on the same position as well. I'm going Levante David. Uh, like uh, uh, Bobby Wagner and Luke Kuechly is already off my board, so I figured right here Levante David was the best linebacker uh, left. And pairing him up with a young Robert Quinn, uh, who was who pretty good in his career and he's pretty solid still. And then Chris uh, Long at the time was in his prime. And like I said, knowing what we know now, two years later, if they still end up landing Aaron Donald, that defense is very scary. Robert Quinn, Aaron Donald, and Levante David, sign me up for that all day, every day of the week. My question for you is, so Dante Hightower hasn't been drafted yet? <sighs> Gosh. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm just, so he has, so he's your fourth ranked linebacker. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm taking Keekly, Bobby, and Levante over Dante. Over Dante Hatar. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I mean, I disagree, but 
I can understand like that's not it's not the worst names to you know put them over yeah um or to put over him and last but not least since we're going to end this at 15 we're you know going to try to keep it at half and half the number 15 pick Seattle Seahawks they originally picked Bruce Irvin uh, the defensive end out of West Virginia I'm going to stay at the defensive side of things but and you know I brought this up earlier it's interesting to see what defensive ends you value over each other because there's like a clear cut like one or two uh, defensive ends in this draft with Fletcher Cox and Chandler Jones. But the difference between the third ranked defensive end and like the seventh ranked defensive end really isn't that big of a difference. Um, but for me personally, I was looking at the stats and I think the better defensive end that's left out of this bunch, I'm going to take a number 15. That's going to be Olivier Vernon uh, out of Miami. Vernon was one of the most quiet defensive ends for the Miami Dolphins and just his production and the numbers he put up and some of his seasons down in Miami, especially when he was a New York giant. I think that if you give, if you put Olivier Vernon on the same defense as some of those like early LOB days of like the Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, um, I know Earl Thomas and like the, uh, the uh, it was like a Maxwell. I forget what his first name was, um, but he, that just makes this defense a lot better. Plus Pete Carroll and Robert, uh, or no, who was the, um, Dan Quinn was the defensive coordinator for the Seahawks before he was the head coach in Atlanta. So if you give Carroll and Quinn Olivier Vernon, I just think he turns into probably one of the better defensive pass rushers in the NFL. Um, especially because some of those Seahawks teams, they never really had a lot of greatness up front. They get that here with Vernon. Yeah, that's a great pick. I really like that pick. And like I said, I'm always a fan of building up in the trenches. So I'm going to build up in the trenches, but I'm going to do it on the other side. I'm going to offensive line. And their offensive line wasn't necessarily horrible. They had uh, Max Unger at the time. This was a couple years before they traded him. Uh, and then they had uh, Russell Okung, who who's pretty solid. But I'm going to get them, uh, in my opinion, probably the best guard or one of the best guards in the draft, I'm giving them David DeCastro. Uh, he has made a pretty solid career. Uh, I think he plays – he still is with the Steelers, right? Yeah, he's still, he's still in Pittsburgh. Yeah, so uh, he's still playing for the Steelers and one of the better guards in the league. And I think, obviously, you know, in real life, they end up getting Russell Wilson in the third round. Even whoever they draft at quarterback, because in this situation, Russell Wilson is gone, uh, you you bring a, a quarterback in a great situation with, with – uh, Three pretty young uh, offensive linemen and and uh, young or not young, I would say prime Marshawn Lynch at the time. That's a, a pretty good spot for any quarterback that they bring in that system. So I'm gonna go ahead build up front and solidify the offensive line with uh, David DeCastro. It sucks that DeCastro is still playing for Pittsburgh because now he has to carry that whole line ever since you know the penalties yeah. are retiring uh, from that right. offensive line. But he's still you know. One, one of the best guards in the National Football League. Um, sure. Those were picks one through 15. We will be recording picks 15 through 31, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later here. But that was part one of our 2012 NFL redraft. For Jacoby Hardy, I am Jacob Robinson. You are listening to the podcast edition of Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons on our platforms. You can check out our website, RadioDePaulSports.com. Uh, Cobe, I will see you next time. All right. Yes, sir. I uh, appreciate you having me on. And be tuned for next week's podcast. We got uh, 16 to 31 coming up for you guys. 